Hi, everyone. Welcome to my channel. My name is Lisa Allistway, and on this channel, you will find a variety of inspirational and informational videos. So if that sounds good to you and you haven't subscribed, please subscribe. My guest today is clinical psychologist, Dr. George Simon. Dr. Simon is an internationally recognized expert on manipulators and other problem characters. And he is also the author of three best-selling books, In Sheep's Clothing, Character Disturbance, and The Judas Syndrome. I will be linking his website down below for your reference. Welcome, Dr. Simon. Thank you for having me, Lisa. Yes. Um, so let's just kind of start off with, um, could you please explain what you mean by character disturbance? Um, you know, we've had a lot of information in the last several years about personality disorders and character disorders. And there is a difference. Um, not, um, I should define character as the moral side of personality. Mm -hmm. the ethical side of personality. So you can have a personality disturbance and not necessarily have a character disturbance. You can even have a personality disorder and not necessarily a character disorder. Uh, personalities who are disordered or disturbed or impaired in some way, uh, and that uh, way of dysfunctioning has moral implications, uh, affects relationships in a negative way, that's what we call character disturbance. And you mentioned my book, Character Disturbance, the Phenomenon of Our Age. In that book, I was the first to point out that we're talking about a spectrum phenomenon, much, much like we know about a lot of other conditions these days that we didn't realize were on a spectrum, like the autistic disturbances. We now realize that the spectrum is very vast and there were a lot of folks we missed uh, because they were so mildly on the spectrum that we, we just basically didn't know how to conceptualize these folks. Now we know better. Same thing is true with character dysfunction. Um, there are some folks who are so seriously disturbed that they, they just cannot form healthy relationships. Uh, there are others who are more mildly on the spectrum but we live in an age where a lot of factors are contributing to a virtual explosion of character dysfunction of a wide variety. I, I say that it exists along spectra of both type and degree. So there are various types of character disturbances and various degrees of severity. And in my books and other writings, I try to explain to people try to help acquaint them with the vast spectrum of disturbances out there because you know, folks are having a really hard time these days forming relationships that are healthy, productive, and especially that will last um, and that are uh, full of positive energy and growth potential as opposed to toxic uh, kinds of stuff. Yes, um, so a lot of times people might be acquainted with the cluster Bs. They know, for example, narcissistic personality disorders, psychopaths, sociopaths, borderline personality, histrionic, and you need a proper diagnosis. The layman can't go around diagnosing people off the street. Right. And so I think it's helpful to have um, a model such as yours that looks at you know, taking the labels away and just looking at the character and looking at the behavior of that individual. Can you tell us some of the characteristics of people with character disturbances? 
Uh, well, of course, the biggest factor has to do with the presence of narcissism in various types and degree. And, uh, you know, we live in a, uh, in a time where so many factors contribute to a wide variety of narcissism that it's almost hard to detect at times. Matter of fact, there's some forms of narcissism that are really quite appealing. Uh, I've written some articles on my blog at drgeorgesimon.com about the charming, um, amorous types of narcissists who, uh, who everybody wants to be around and uh, who are, is, uh, they're very adept at soliciting positive attention uh, and even adoration. Um, and so they appear more benign but they still have some of the most disturbing characteristics that all narcissists have. And, and eventually within a relationship, you'll end up getting exploited in some way. Yeah. Can I just stop you right there? You talk about the charm alarm. Yeah. Can you expound on that? Yeah. You know, it's sad that we live in the times that we do, but when someone is turning on the charm and when someone is using all of the various seduction techniques that I um, outline in my books, they want something. Um, and that's kind of normal. That's part of being human, I suppose. But in these days, you have to be particularly careful and you have to be particularly discriminating. Okay, so they want something. They want they want to curry favor with me. They would like to be in a relationship with me. Now I have to decide, do I run any risks in giving my heart? Are they really worthy? <laughs> um, do I really want to succumb? Uh, and these days, unfortunately, we have to be more careful than ever. Mm -hmm. Because these days, folks come to the enterprise of getting what they want. Uh, without the moral character necessary to deserve it. And that's just the sad state of where we are. I wrote my, uh, 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 you mentioned my three best-selling books. I hope to have two more best-selling books. Actually, uh, How Did We End Up Here? My book with uh, Dr. Kathy Armistead, that has become a bestseller too, but I just released Essentials for the Journey, uh, which is a a great expansion on the Ten Commandments of Character that I talked about in Character Disturbance. Um, and it's really about, it's really about what we all need to do to carry ourselves out of this age of entitlement and narcissistic self-focus and into a new age of more wholesome relationships. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's all about relationship. Yeah, you hear a lot of times people use the adage, hurt people, hurt people, and there is some truth to that. Of However, <laughs> um, there's people that will exploit that and use it as a jail, get out of card. Um, because as you know, entitled, indulged people hurt people. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about that as obviously another character disturbance? Yeah, you know, perhaps the greatest evil lurking around in all of psychology and mental health uh, whether, whether you're in therapy with a marriage and family counselor or a, a, a social worker or any, any kind of well-trained individual, perhaps the greatest um, insidious evil kind of lurking behind the scenes is the tendency to 
to uh, paint with a broad brush, to overgeneralize. Yes, hurt people hurt people. People who are carrying deep, unresolved wounds, they unconsciously and unwittingly repeat negative patterns. Yes, they do do that. But to assume that the person that is hurting you is necessarily that person is crazy. It's just plain crazy. And this is how so many folks um, who get into traditional therapy to try and uh, sort out their abusive relationships end up experiencing what I call therapy-induced trauma. Because the perspective of the therapist itself becomes part of the problem. Uh, You know, uh, in my training workshops, I've done hundreds and hundreds of training workshops of professionals. Um, You talked earlier about psychopaths, sociopaths, antisocials, narcissists. And um, one of the mantras I repeat that comes from a colleague of mine who has really been a one of the most brilliant researchers of modern time said that the difference between the garden variety antisocial type or criminal type personality and the more predatory uh, psychopath or sociopath is the difference between the hot headed rebellious teen that hasn't grown up this hot head and the cold-hearted conniver, predator, user, and abuser. Mm -hmm. They're two very, very different people. And so, so when a person who has an incessant craving for excitement, has no scruples, uses and abuses people at will, um, and delights in it, when that kind of person is conceptualized by a therapist as necessarily a person with a fear of intimacy, you have a problem. Yep. You have a big problem Mm -hmm. because you just don't get it. You just don't get what's driving the person, what's at the heart of the relationship issue. Um, And um, unfortunately, because of the times that we live in, the vastness of character dysfunction is so great uh, and the variety of um, traits and characteristics that contribute to, to it is so varied and so difficult to fully comprehend. It takes a lot of astute discernment uh, to figure out not only how to intervene, but whether any of the interventions that we typically use are likely to be in any way effective. Yes. So that kind of, there's so much to unpack there. Um, So when you go to therapy, and I know you work with a lot of um, counselors and looking at new models and kind of questioning the old models that have been used. And when people come and especially couples therapy, and you're dealing with a character disturbed person, they tend to go there and manipulate the situation, including manipulate the counselor Right. And it is infuriating because it feels like you can't fix these people and you're wasting your time and you're wasting your money. And there's a lot of counselors that might be 
good hearted and trying to make a difference. And then there might be some counselors that are like, yeah, I know I can't fix this person, but we'll, we'll pretend we'll pretend to go through the motions here. But in the end, when you're dealing with character disturbed people, they are perpetually bored as one of their characteristics. And one of the things that they do is they manipulate, they triangulate. There's all kinds of tactics that they use that, um, that people need to get really wise on and stop rewarding them for. Right. So, so you've just hit on the two main factors that make the difference between therapy that has a prayer, at least a prayer, and <laughs> right. therapy that has no prayer. No, right. No uh, and the two things are this. Character disturbance by nature is a very, very difficult thing to deal with. When folks develop and solidify their strategies for dealing with life, whether it's primarily innate, their predispositions, uh, whether it's just part of their genetic makeup, or whether they've overlearned throughout their life these strategies of dealing with people and they appear to work for them, regardless, it's very, very difficult to assist a person who has very little motivation to change their stripes in the first place to change their stripes. So that's one variable. It's just tough work. Here's what makes it impossible. You can't use the tools you were trained to use to accomplish the task because those tools were designed for something else. So two things inevitably happen in most therapy sessions. One, the therapist faces a real challenge because character disturbance is really, really tough to deal with. Mm -hmm. But the other part is they don't have the tools to deal with it. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that occurs in the therapy session typically is that the disturbed character does what they do all the time in the therapy session. They impression manage, they seduce, they charm, they do all these things that they're used to doing and they don't get called on it. The therapist doesn't put a stop to it. The the therapist many times is afraid to say, you know what, in here, we don't do that. And if you come in here and do that, we're all wasting our time. Mm -hmm. Most therapists, that's not even a thought in their mind, because, you know, in the traditional sense of the word, the way we're trained to approach people, you don't treat most decent people like that. (laughs) You don't, you don't right out of the chute, start setting all kinds Mm -hmm. of limits and boundaries and Mm -hmm. whatnot. You don't do that. You establish a relationship, a trusting rapport. You do all that kind of, you can't do that with disturbed characters. Mm -hmm. They're like little children. Morally, they're at like age four. They need rules. They need structure. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You can't let them operate like they usually do. Yeah. So that's, that's really concerning for a lot of people that maybe are seeking help and they end up being traumatized through the therapy process. And um, what would you recommend to people who might be in that situation where they're like, maybe have a really bad therapist and I need to find a better one? What, who, what would be some things you would say, um, tools that they need to look for in finding a good therapist? Yeah. Oh boy. Uh, well, th- they're going to improve their odds if they have someone who can demonstrate that they really have a track record uh, with 
individuals with personality and character disturbances and, and can offer some evidence. And then their, their, their orientation will show, therefore, they, they will be more cognitive behavioral in orientation and they'll say so, and they will be able to explain how they operate. Um, and they will explain that there are certain twisted ways uh, disturbed characters tend to think and certain inappropriate ways that they tend to act and that they will benignly but and lovingly but firmly confront those things as they occur in therapy, they will tell you how, you know, it's, it's like going in for a medical procedure that is a really serious thing. Usually the doctor sits down with you and says, you know, this is what we got to do and this is why, mm -hmm. right? That's the whole nature of informed consent. Mm -hmm. So if you got a therapist like that, <laughs> your prognosis is a lot better. And mm -hmm. so you have to do a little uh, research. If you get a therapist says, well, let's just sit down, start talking. Mm -hmm. uh, no, probably not going to work out too well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's talk a little bit about why um, when we're dealing with the framework, whether it's our personal life or professional life and having to deal with these disturbed characters, what would you recommend for people to maybe kind of be aware of and what they can do in their own interactions with disturbed people? Boy, that's a really good question. Um, you know, what I find is that individuals who have really developed a positive sense of self are much more likely to be unnerved in the presence of any disturbed character. And they're much more likely to be unnerved by the way that the disturbed character operates. So the two best rules of thumb is be as healthy as you can in your own self-image and then trust your gut when it tells you there's something not right mm -hmm. <laughs> about this other person. Trust your gut. Don't so try to rationalize it away. You, you know, it, it, if you're properly centered, you know who you are, what your worth is, um, and you have a, you basically know how to love yourself. You're going to have something kind of churning inside that says, you know, something's not quite right here. Yeah. Trust it. Yeah. Trust it. Sometimes we're afraid to trust it because of some of, uh, some of the crazy things we've been told about why people do the things that they do. Mm-hmm. I, I think about all the years that we told people about why bullies did the same things that they did. And every time I hear somebody talk about a, a clearly blatant, grandiose narcissist on TV, and then they say about how thin skinned they are and how sensitive they are and how fragile their egos are, I, I just, I want to just. <laughs> <laughs> These old notions have so disadvantaged us. Mm -hmm. And it's not that they don't apply anytime. Some, there are very rare circumstances where some of those old notions apply. Because we used to be in times where the phenomenon that we call neurosis was much more prevalent, where people were just wounded and uh, um, 
hurt and dealing with all kinds of unresolved inner emotional conflicts and conflicts of conscience, and we're basically nervous wrecks. Mm -hmm. There was a time when that was more prevalent. Mm -hmm. We live in different times. There's been a slow, steady, incremental, hard to detect cultural shift toward narcissism, entitlement, mm -hmm. egocentricity, um, hedonism, instant gratification. There have been all these factors contributing to our unhealthy development in character. Mm -hmm. And so it's hard to find a potential partner where you've got a reasonable chance that the relationship is going to be mutually respectful, mm -hmm. uh, creative, growing, mm -hmm. trustworthy. Mm -hmm. You know, most, most of us, unfortunately, these days have to go through several relationships. Mm -hmm. before finding a person even remotely mature enough to be a faithful partner. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. You know, it happened to us slowly and incrementally and the helping professions could barely keep up. Most definitely. All you have to do is look at the divorce rate and you can see why and look at the number of broken families, um, broken commitments, relationships, uh, this, gen this younger generation millennials, they don't even have marriage as a goal anymore. Um, I mean, it's kind of sad when you think it like, well, dang, what was the model that was given to them? You know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. They will tell you what's the point. <laughs> what's the point? Yeah. <laughs> right. And then the worst part is, is when these folks who took many, many years and many, many failed relationships to figure it out, try to explain the point, they have very little credibility because of their own history, <laughs> at least in the, in, in the eyes of the, uh, of the younger person trying to figure it out. Yeah. They basically so, say to themselves, well, who are you to say? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, one piece of advice and tool that is out there for people in dealing with disturbed characters is to go no contact. Mm -hmm. What do you think about that as a- Well, tool? in some cases, that's absolutely right. Mm -hmm. the, the problem is these sweeping generalizations, every, there's an expert on every corner. <laughs> and they all have these tried and true, solid, you know, axioms that they promote. And yes, sometimes that's exactly right. Mm -hmm. There are some folks you just that are that are so set in their ways, so insincere when they look like maybe they've made some changes. Mm -hmm. um, that the best thing to do is just stay away. That's absolutely right. Now, mm -hmm. to say that this is what you need to do all the time to paint every narcissist with the same brush um, mm -hmm. is just a mistake. Mm -hmm. It's just a mistake. Right, right. It, it, for your own peace of mind, it's definitely a good tool. If you've been dealing with somebody abusive or just not respecting you, 
Um, but when you have children, I feel for those parents that have to deal with somebody because they can't just cut them off and go no contact. They still have to communicate. But there are things that they can do to lessen the interactions with um, in dealing with somebody of a character disturbance. Yeah. And in my book, I, 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 in Sheep's Clothing, uh, I outline some tools of empowerment things that you can do in all your interactions if because some interactions are unavoidable i mean you can go you can say no contact all you want but when you've got say kids involved uh, mm -hmm. in the process many times no contact is not possible mm -hmm. so you need to to have and be able to implement quickly certain tools in your in the way that you deal with folks with character impairments mm -hmm. in a way that is maximally empowering for you. Now you cannot you cannot rest on the hope that whatever you do will change them or the outcome. That's not the point. The mm -hmm. point is to maximally empower you. Mm -hmm. Is to give you maximum leverage. Mm -hmm. You're not going to succeed necessarily and that shouldn't be your objective mm -hmm. in getting them to change that's mm -hmm. that's not the point the point is to be to, to have maximum leverage in your dealings that's the point yes i i do know there is a small movement somewhat radical that would like to see you know parents that are psychopathic or socio sociopathic or narcissistic personality disorder lose their parental rights yes yeah and when what and there again you see there are experts out there that will tell you that the diagnosis says it all. And it doesn't. It doesn't. It's very unreliable. The closer you look at the spectrum, the more vast it is. Mm -hmm. uh, so ha these, these hard and fast rules are, are dangerous. They're dangerous. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean people shouldn't protect one another. Mm -hmm. And here's another problem. And this is why I wrote my, my, probably my last book, Essentials for the Journey. I've been on a crusade most of my professional life. I really do think that the scourge of our age is character disturbance mm -hmm. and that it has to get better. Now, the question becomes how? How do we make it better? And the problem with all the rules and structures that we want to say, uh, to, that we want to implement to protect people, the problem with that is that even though it gives us some measure, some measure of safety and security, it doesn't fix anything. We have millions, millions of rules on the books already. You know what? People of impaired character do not pay attention to them. Right. Do not take them seriously. Mm -hmm. Do not take them to heart. You mm -hmm. can punish them all you want. We have a higher percentage of our population in some kind of detention, incarceration, or otherwise ostracized from the free world than any free country on the planet. And we could put many more there if we had a mind to, because there's still rampant dysfunction on the streets. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and even that rampant dysfunction doesn't uh, begin to depict 
the amount of character disturbance that's more subtle and that ruins relationships, destroys marriages, wrecks the lives of children. Mm -hmm. There's so much dysfunction out there and we have all these rules and procedures and they haven't saved us. Mm -hmm. This is why I wrote the book. I have come to appreciate the only thing that can save us. And it's a, it's a, a painstaking, long process, but we have to start somewhere. As I say in the book, real change starts with change in the heart. Mm-hmm. And the first heart that needs to change is our own. Once we do that, Once we have a solid sense of self, once we know in the deepest recesses of our souls what it means to be a decent human being, Mm -hmm. we have a better chance of discerning discerning just how we have to interact with another human being Mm -hmm. to at least encourage some decency Mm -hmm. in them. Absolutely. Because in our... Yeah, I'm sorry. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, because in our society, we, we tend to elect the psychopath. They rise to the top. We, we yeah. tend to get in relationships with the most narcissistic people, and they tend to become the prize or whatever. Um, so, yeah, I think it definitely starts with the individual. Um, you, instead of focusing on trying to change these character-disturbed people, um, going back to the root of the individual and reassessing what are we putting value to quit rewarding the narcissism quit rewarding the psychopathy and the sociopathy right and so um you you know like for example one of the commandments that i talk about in this new book um, has to do with reverence for the truth and its power Mm -hmm. truth has great power but to actually discern it you have to get beyond, you have to get past all your own rationalizations and fanciful thoughts and, um, and come to grips with things that you know are fundamentally real and true. So for example, I have, in my work, folks know that I not only have dealt with most of my professional life, not only with folks who have been victims, in relationships with character impaired people, but also with the character disturbed people themselves. Mm -hmm. So I've said things like, you know what, at this moment, I, even with all my training, I am powerless to assist you. Right now, you still seem to think that everything is working pretty well. You don't have sufficient motivation. You think way, way too much of yourself. You don't really have any reason to want to defer to my better judgment. Um, So you're not really amenable at this point, but here's my card. A few years from now, wherever down the road, should you find yourself in a different place Mm -hmm. and you have reckoned Mm -hmm. with life and circumstances and you've reckoned with yourself and you know, you need a guide. I'm here. Yep. That's really honorable of you because I know for a lot of character disturbed people, they are deluded and will go many years with their delusions and destruction and they will destruct all that is good around them and the people will flock away from them. But and if um, you tell the truth, like I just exemplified, mm-hmm. because trust is the foundation of any healing relationship, any wholesome relationship is founded on trust. Mm -hmm. 
because of that, if you dare to speak the truth, they will come to you when the time comes, mm -hmm. if the time should come. They're going or to go to the person that told the truth. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. So you mentioned earlier that it was on a spectrum and then it's depending on decree, degree and I guess the time. And so do you find more success than when people are 60 years old coming to you versus at 30 years old? It really depends on what's going on. If it's just another one of those episodic crises, if it's mm -hmm. just another one of those and the motivation has to do with the crisis that they're in, mm -hmm. I don't know. But if it's, mm -hmm. as they say in some of the 12-step groups, that they are truly sick and tired of being sick and tired, mm -hmm. <laughs> if they've truly come to a point where they've begun to question the very way they see things and the mm -hmm. very way they've operated, and they mm -hmm. think, you know what, maybe I just haven't gotten this all figured out, mm -hmm. um, and then yes, the prognosis is much better. Yes. And if you're a partner of one of these people and you're waiting for them to change or you are being manipulated by them because they'll come with every type of guilt ridden pity ploy, you know, to, to keep you hooked in. Yeah. Um, so I think it's very key that, you know, to accept people for who they are and where they're at in that moment, because right. a lot of times people don't want to accept that they're dealing with a character disturbed person um, and the hope is keeping them hooked in. Yes. And it's a false sense of hope. <clears throat> yeah. You know, the, I've written a couple of articles recently, and I'm going to be doing a, a podcast on it this week on, on my podcast, Character Matters, about the change that needs to happen in the heart. And I'll give you a, a, a recent example that I'll, maybe some of your listeners can identify with. There was this sad, sad case uh, that, that people read about this Gabby Petito, uh, mm -hmm. this young lady who was traveling with her boyfriend slash yeah. fiance across the country, mm -hmm. right? He comes back, she doesn't, mm -hmm. right? Um, and uh, they were actually, uh, th there was an intervention, some law enforcement officials stopped this couple mm -hmm. because they were in, involved in a dispute. And, you know, as is just so classic, unfortunately, they the uh, victim is blaming herself and the uh, one of the officers even casts her as the aggressor, right? Mm -hmm. But they separate them anyway. And it's just so interesting. Somebody uh, once said that these folks just cannot change their behavior. Well, um, Brian Laundrie's behavior was very, very different with the cops present. Oh yeah, the charm alarm. <laughs> right. So yeah. he 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 can change his behavior. Mm -hmm. He can moderate his emotions. He can do all of those things when he has a mind to and a heart to, when mm -hmm. it serves his interests, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And then when it doesn't. Mm -hmm. He's capable of all kinds of things. Mm -hmm. And I learned just yesterday, I followed this case very closely, that, that, he, that he, there's evidence that he beat her pretty senseless mm -hmm. before strangling her. Mm. So uh, the fact is that what, what's really essential is that change of heart. And how you foster that? is what I've de dedicated the last several years of my clinical research 
to figuring out, which is why I wrote the book. I truly believe that of necessity, we are at the dawn of a new age. Mm -hmm. None of our systems are working. None of our structures are working. Our time-tested institutions, especially marriage, have fallen apart. Yep. And it can't keep on like this. It can't. Mm -hmm. Nature has a way of saying, okay, you know, you've gone way too far here, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know? Um, and um, so we have to change things now. How we go about that is the real challenge. And I believe that until there's a change of heart, mm -hmm. um, nothing meaningful is going to happen. And so all the work that I've been doing in the last 10 to 15 years mm -hmm. has been centered around what's the approach to that? How do we go about setting the stage for people to see the bigger picture, to get out of that egocentric mindset, mm -hmm. to have room in the heart for some empathy, for mm -hmm. some altruism, to, to be more of the character that we all have it within us to be, Mm -hmm. but have been conditioned largely not to be, and worse than conditioned, rewarded for not being. Mm -hmm. Psychopaths get to be CEOs and presidents. Oh, yeah. and yes. <laughs> yep. I mean, so what is the, I mean, if you're going to be rewarded so handsomely for being broken, yeah. what's the point of being healed? Right, right. And you, you see this, um, especially like on Instagram with young girls that are going after the psychopathic stare, you know, very seductive, less clothing. It's like, what values are we doing here? What is being rewarded? They get more likes, more comments, more promotional products. They get re rewarded for appeasing the psychopathic stare. And so um, over your shoulder there, you have the Judas syndrome. And I know that uh, you talk a lot about, you know, need, need to address the heart and that, you know, words are cheap. Talk is cheap. And we're okay. done with the words and the talk. And a lot of these character disturbed people, they have the language to mirror, to parrot, to act, to and, and the language, right? Right. But when you peel all that back, it's, a, it's the essence of the person that is right. needing to be addressed. And that's really why I wrote Essentials for the Journey. It takes up where, where uh, the Judas syndrome and uh, character disturbance left off. It's not just about change of heart. It's the how. It's the how we go about a new perspective that will change our own life first and that will make us a better agent of change in this crazy character disturbed world of ours. Mm -hmm. If, if I've, I've said this many, many times in workshops all across the country, if we don't get square with ourselves about ourselves mm -hmm. and with each other about each other, mm -hmm. and fairly soon, we're going to be in for a whole heck of a lot of additional hurt. Mm -hmm. We might even be done, mm -hmm. but I don't believe we're done. I believe that we're getting sick and tired of being sick and tired. Mm -hmm. And that there is a natural yearning in the heart 
for something better. Mm-hmm. And I think we're just on the cusp of it. I hope so. I, I like your optimism um, because you can see the other route with, you know, things like with the metaverse and queuing us up to get into pods and, and you know, playing video games 10 hours a day instead of right. relating with each other and people giving up on marriage and like, there is definitely a self-correct that needs to happen. And hopefully this younger generation is very keen on that, that, you know, what is being sold to them, what is being expected of them is not ideal or going to work. And I hope they don't buy it. Yeah. Well, it's not going to happen overnight, but our souls are very hungry. uh, And I do believe that we are just approaching that point in our history where we know at some fundamental level that just appeasing our appetites is not, you know, just indulging ourselves 12 hours a day with these sources of instant stimulation and gratification. We're still empty inside and we know it. If we, yeah. if we, if we take just a minute, we know, you know, something ain't right. Right. It's, it's the pleasure seeking that is not going to bring ultimate happiness. It just no. brings pleasure, not happiness. And so yeah. Yeah. People need to really discern what that is for them. Yeah. So we're getting to the end here. Is there anything else regarding manipulators or character disturbed people that you would like to share or leave as final thoughts for the audience? Well, um, I, th- I think what I mentioned earlier are the two most important things. You know, we've been trained not to trust our gut. And um, in some cases, maybe it's dangerous, especially if we don't have a solid sense of self. So only really two things are essential. The first is to really know and discern how to properly love yourself. You can't do the second until you do the first. You can't know how to love yourself until you know yourself. Mm -hmm. So Can can I ask you a question real quick on the trusting your gut? Because Mm -hmm. sometimes... Even our gut has lied to us. We think right. this is a good idea. We thought that was a good person, but in hindsight, they weren't. So can you hone in on the, the trusting the gut and versus, you know, rational, logical, you right. know? And that's why the two go together. Mm-hmm. You got to know yourself first and you got to be, you have to have a solid sense of self. Mm-hmm. That's when you can trust your gut. You, if you're, if you're just immersed in a whole heck of a lot of need mm-hmm. and the, the affirmation and validation of others is the only thing that makes you feel worth a crap, then your gut is going to deceive you. So the mm-hmm. first step is knowing yourself well enough, doing your own inner work, exploring your heart. The answers lie there. If you're, Here's a general rule. If you're looking out, you're already lost. Mm-hmm. Well, that's why a lot of character disturbed people are exhausting because they're constantly trying to seek their validation through others, that narcissistic others. supply. Yeah. They're exhausted and they're exhausting to be around. Yeah. So all the great spiritual stages throughout the ages have said the same thing. They've all told us, look within. <laughs> if you want your answer, look within. So that's the first step. Once you've done that sufficiently and you have a solid sense of who you are and what your worth is and where it comes from, mm-hmm. 
-hmm. you're better able to trust your gut. Mm -hmm. So that's, those are the two general rules. And that's, man, I sound like a, in, in my latest book, Essentials for the Journey, I sound like a brokered record on that. On that. A lot of people can't remember records. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, I repeat myself over and over again. Yeah. But it's, so it's, a, it's a nice reminder. Sometimes we need reminders. We need multiple doses of that message before it gets into our, into our being. So I think that that is a really re good reminder to always be in touch with yourself. Don't abandon yourself. Um, Cause at the end of the day, you have to live with yourself and yeah. look at yourself in the mirror. And so you want to have as much inner peace as possible. And so, you know, do what you need to do to feel that empowerment of that. Most definitely. Well, awesome. Thank you so much for coming on my channel, Dr. Simon. I sure do appreciate it. I love your work. I love what you've done. Um, you have a lot of great knowledge and information and expertise that you've been sharing with people for decades now. And um, I, I just feel really honored to have had you today on my channel. Well, thank you. I hope folks will go to my blog at drgeorgesimon.com. That's D-R-G-E-O-R-G-E-S-O-E. S-I-M-O-N.com. And also go to Amazon, avail yourself of the books, uh, especially my latest one. I've, I labored over it for a long time. It was actually written about five years ago with my co-author and I spent the last five years redoing it. So fantastic. And I'll be putting the link to your website down below in the description oh, box so people can, can connect that way. Fantastic. Right. So if you guys like this uh, video, be sure and give it a thumbs up and don't forget to share and subscribe and hit the bell to be alerted to when the next video drops. Thanks for watching. Thanks, Dr. Simon. Thank you, Lisa.